Hello, hello, and welcome to Thrill Me, the podcast devoted to horror and action movies. I'm Adam, your host, and sitting next to me once again, Jared. Yep, back for another, back for another uh, round of punishment. Yep. Yep. Look, we, we actually spoke um, at the end of last episode and said that this um, episode was going to be with a guest, and they were going to choose the, the film. Unfortunately, we weren't able to pull that together. That'll actually be for next episode. So um, this episode is going to be devoted to Jean, one of Jean-Claude Van Damme's first films, 1989's Kickboxer. And look, apologies to Darren, but he just can't compete with That's that. That's correct. So. <laughs> it, was a, it was probably a hard call. We, we pushed him out on that one. But we say we couldn't pull it together. We had to bump you, Darren. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Kickboxer mate. comes first. Straight into it. What was your? What have you been watching since we last recorded? Uh, got back onto the Robocop wagon. Oh, this yeah. is just going to be a running joke <laughs> until you know. Until this, podcast, we're back again. <laughs> until this podcast dies a, uh, dies a slow death, yeah. I'll still be watching. You'll Robocop. still be watching Robocop. No, actually, uh, I got on a bit of a roll. I think I knocked out three episodes of uh, Robocop there. Um, in between. Uh, so you started, on. you started, you fell asleep, you woke up at the end of the third episode and thought, oh. Look, it takes a lot to get through three episodes. <laughs> no, as I've said, it's still, it is enjoyable in parts, but it just goes high and low. It's got these cool ideas that work uh, kind of well in some episodes. Even within episodes, from, from minute to minute, you've got a cool idea that seems to be working well. Then you get something stupid that uh, looks bad because of the, you know, 90s <coughs> special effects. Yeah. Uh, and and just doesn't work very well, but yeah, getting through it, uh, and I'll you know be finished up shortly, and then I'll move on to RoboCop Prime Directives. Quite frankly, we're gonna have to hold, do a whole podcast devoted <laughs> yeah. to the series and break it down piece yeah. by piece. But unfortunately, that means I have to watch it. So I think you might have to take the bullet. There. Yeah, I'll take the bullet there. Um, I also uh, Kickboxer. We watch Kickboxer, obviously. Been keeping up with my uh, DC shows, Flash yeah. and Arrow. Still loving them. Yeah. Gotham. Gotham's actually getting back gone on. A bit of bit of an upward direction. Ooh. Quite enjoyed the last two or three episodes. Actually, yeah, um, saving uh, Mr. Banks. Probably not something that fits no. <laughs> this episode. People have just tuned out. We've lost a lost a section of the audience. But no, yeah, um, caught that the other the other night. Um, my wife wanted to watch a movie as well, so I, really? I sort of, I'll blame her, but look, okay. I didn't mind it. It was yeah. all right. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been uh, watching. Okay. I, I, I had a pretty slow last few weeks. Went and saw Kingsman at mm. the cinema. Really, it's, it's, really it's enjoyed good. that. It's, it's, it's really good. It's actually quite um, something sort of different. It plays a little bit with the conventions and the, and the spy genre. Uh, it's quite funny. It's a little bit draggy in the guts. That's all. There's a during that sort of training stuff and that kind of thing. It kind of just feels like there's 15 minutes of padding. It's a movie that goes for two hours and ten minutes, so it had room to cut 15. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Colin Firth is really good um, in the, in his role. The only other thing I watched was I rewatched Crystal Lake Memories, the Friday the Thirteenth documentary. You know, look, it's not quite at the level of Never Sleep Again, which was the Nightmare on Elm Street one, but that's because we knew everything there was to know about Friday the 13th prior to the documentary even coming out. You know, mm. the book was was deep. Yeah. And, in fact, the book's deeper than the documentary. Yeah, I think I enjoyed Never Sleep Again. Because we didn't know anything same, about it. Yeah, for the same thing. It was basically Crystal Lake Memories, the book, the yeah. same experience with what we had with that book. It was on, yeah. on film. 
And I think the Crystal Lake Memories book goes deeper and is a far better companion piece. To Never the Sleep Again actually went the other way. They put the book out. Yeah, later. Recently, yeah, yeah. I think it was a Kickstarter. So hopefully they they put it into sort of wider print so we can get our hands on a copy there because I didn't, I didn't actually know the Kickstarter was on. So yeah. I, I'm not going to be getting a copy when no, they start fulfilling no. those pledges. But, um, yeah, that was pretty much it for me. A little bit of a... Um, a little bit of a slow, slow time of it recently. So I actually forgot one. Well, basically, it's it should uh, it's we should devote an episode to it on its fit? own. It's uh, Danny Trejo, dead in uh, dead in Tombstone. Is it, I can't remember whether it's called Dead in Tombstone or Death in Tombstone. I think it's Dead in Tombstone. I'm not quite finished it yet. I had to sort of cut it off before beforehand. But I mean, how can you go wrong? <laughs> you know, a gunfighter uh, gets. Double crossed by his his gang and his brother, and then makes a deal with the devil to replace his soul with the gang's. Oh my god! Oh, love it! You should hear some of the dialogue between Danny Trejo and Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke plays the devil. He <laughs> rocks in it, and you should hear some of the dialogue with Danny Trejo's begging for his life. It's kind of it's so cheesy and bad, but I was just loving every minute of it. I was laughing it up. Well, look, Mickey Rourke. Look, I don't want him to hear this because he could probably punch the crap out of me having seen some of his boxing form, even in his 60s. What happened to his face? Look, he was a good-looking bloke. Jared, it's it's something that we'll probably never find out, but could you imagine the Mickey, the the Rourke family barbecue where his family goes, (laughs) what's going on with your face? just Just a hint to anyone that's... Thinking of preserving preserving their looks, don't go with the combo of boxing and, and boxing plastic and plastic surgery because it didn't work out well for Mickey. No, and you know what? The, you know the most disappointing thing about Mickey is the guy's a good actor. Mm. He's a very good actor. He's if anyone's fantastic. seen the wrestler, Since he, he is phenomenal in the wrestler. He's mate. The guy got screwed for an Oscar. He should have got an Oscar for that, but. Yeah. He's just made some shocking choices. In saying so, that, though, if his face didn't look like that, he wouldn't have been as good a picture. Yes, the rest yeah. Of I mean, was, look, it all sort of fell yeah. into place for him. But, but I know exactly what you're saying. He's a good he's actor. A, he's who's a very just, good actor who could have, yeah, a few different choices. Less. Look, the guys, the guys paying the bills. Yeah, That's just basically bottom line on that. But yep. um, yeah, look, pretty slow, I think, as far as watching went. Um, but so we'll take a little, a quick break, and we'll come back with uh, Van Damme's kickbox. From the makers of Bloodsport, a new film starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. I win that fight for you and me. He's not going to let you out of that ring alive. The movie group presents Jean-Claude Van Damme in Kickboxer. It takes one to kill one. Kickboxer, 1989, a canon film. Mark of quality. Obviously a mark of quality. Basically, it's about two brothers. One of them's a Muay Thai champion in America, and the other one is Van Damme. He goes, uh, they go over to Thailand to fight this champion over there, Tong Po. Brother gets his back broken and his ass kicked. Van Damme then decides, right... I'm taking this bloke on. I'm going to get skilled up. He goes to, starts training out in the bush, and, of course, we get to the final biffo between him and Tong Po. That's the the crux. That's pretty much it. Just some information on it. It was directed by Mark DeSalle, 
and David Wirth. DeSalle directed another martial arts film called The Perfect Weapon. David Wirth directed Lady Dragon 1 and 2 and Shark Attack 2, so he's got a fair bit of credibility there. Glittering <laughs> resume. Glittering <laughs> Produced by DeSalle and Charles Wang, who produced Double Impact, Dragon the Bruce Lee Story, Rush Hour 2 and Ultraviolet. So Wang has some reasonable credits yeah. in his bill. And, of course, I'm surprised that they were giggled when I said Wang. You did. I did, didn't (laughs) I? It was written by Marc DeSalle, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Glenn A. Bruce. Now, Glenn A. Bruce, his only major credit was Cyborg Cop. Mm. Undiscovered gem. Yeah, obviously. um, It stars Jean-Claude Van Damme from Universal Soldier, Sudden Death and Time Cop. He plays Kurt Sloan. Dennis Alexio. Whose real name is actually Dennis Dick, according to the Internet Movie Database. So, I did laugh at that one. Look, I'm allowed to laugh at that one. <laughs> he, he only had a couple other acting credits, but he actually was a champion kickboxer, according, again, the Internet Movie Database, with a record of 70 and 2. Mm. So hopefully he hasn't taken offence to being called Dennis Dick. <laughs> he comes looking for us. He's coming looking for you, yeah. not me. Eric Sloan. <laughs> he plays Eric Sloan. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Dennis, just, yeah, just playing around, mate. Dennis Chan, who plays Zan Chow. He was in Kickboxers, Kickboxers 2 and 3, Knock Off, which was another Van Damme, and recently Man with the Iron Fist. Mm, I've actually got that. I haven't yeah. just haven't watched it yet. Yeah. It's got Russell Crowe in it. Mikhail Quizzy, he played Tong Po. He's, again, a bit of a... Van Damme friend or something. He was in Wrong Bet, Bloodsport, and Kickboxer 2. Mm, and he was credited in this as uh, Tong Po as himself. So that was a bit odd. That was odd. Maybe he thought he was Tong Po, legitimately. <laughs> and Rochelle Ashana, who plays Mai Lee, she was in Fright Night 2, and she also did stunts in the movie Blade. Now, the budget for this film was about $1.5 million. That was Cannon's whole bank account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'd leveraged half a dozen other movies to get this one, mate. But box office-wise, it was I, I, you know, hard to say it was a hit, but it made $14 million. So it, that's, that's, that's good bang for your buck for a million and a half. Mm. My general thoughts on this movie, I loved it. I thought it was good. It was entertaining the whole way through. Look, it's kind of stupid and a little bit cheesy, and, you know, it, it basically is a movie that, Wears its uh, name straight up what it is, which is fine with me, though. I was having this discussion with a bloke after we'd watched Madman, uh, and I was saying that I really disliked Madman. There was a lot of problems with it. and Something like Kickbox I was entertained by. Madman, I wasn't entertained at all. It was just ridiculous. So I like a movie like that that never sort of purports to be anything more than what it is. And it delivered for me two and a half out of five. Yeah, um, I think of this in a similar mould to Stone Cold, which, if I recall, mm, I went out, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I went out uh, firing and gave a three and a half, which three I'd probably like half. to revise a little bit. But uh, no, I I mean, again, we're watching a movie called Kickboxer and I got exactly what I sort of thought was going to come out of it, even more, because, uh, and I think some of it is due to the ineptitude and the uh, age of the film, but it's comedy gold. It's absolutely he- like hysterical in parts, and for that reason, it is purely entertaining. It goes between, 
you know, laughing it up and some pretty competent sort of fight scenes and things like that. So, yeah, we got exactly what we bargained for. And uh, I think I'll go with a a three out of five. Three out of five? Yeah, half a a point for pure entertainment value. Solid. Look, it's also one that I haven't seen in years. So it was a real throwback for me. It was kind of like, it was actually a surprise when we found it on the, on the um, the instant sort of cue thing there, it was one that I hadn't even thought of. So I'm, yeah, I'm actually kind of glad we had another crack at it because it did produce some pure comedic genius. Yeah, I There's one scene that we will, we will dissect later that is just the greatest scene in history of uh, martial arts flicks. I'm prepared to say the greatest. Possibly, yeah. What do we like about this movie, Jared? What do we like? Well... Piggybacking off some of the comments there, it's it's in the, the so bad it's good category in parts. <laughs> um, I mean, we've said it, it's it's a competent martial arts film in some some points, but there are other points where the scripting, the acting, <laughs> the ideas, they just come together in this perfect storm of, of hilarity. <laughs> My, my, the, the thing I find funny about it is we talk about competency in its martial arts, which, yeah, th- there is definitely some very good martial artists involved and the choreography at times is quite good. But then we've just got some random things that pop up. It's almost like, what's this in there for? Hmm. Why have we got this? It kind of It's kind of playing as a bit of a cut-rate Rocky slash blood sport, I guess, if you wanted to give it a sort of a... It's a mixture. Yeah, I mean, even at one point, uh, I've forgotten his name, but, you know, the mate with the, the van that he meets at the first fight, yeah. he falls into his lap or whatever. <laughs> at one point, he turns into Chuck Norris for two minutes. You yeah. Know, he comes in all guns blazing and blows the hell out of a bloody warehouse, and that came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was watching Missing in Action. Yeah. It, it, it sort of stinks of, okay, here's half a dozen scripts we've got on the go. One of them's got martial arts. This Jean-Claude Van Damme guy. He looks like he could put some bums on seats. The ladies might enjoy him. Plus, he's a handy martial artist. Let's just cram all these into a blender <laughs> and then just blend it up. And that's basically what you get. You get a love story. You've got a love story. You've got this action movie shoot 'em up piece. You've got martial arts. You've got the Rocky redemption story. It's just a potpourri of poop. <laughs> I mean, it's the kind of potpourri that stinks. It stinks. <laughs> but it masks the smell well, pretty well. I was going to say there's something about the scent that you liked. There was. There was. That's it. There's a stench to it, but it it grabbed my nose. It grabbed me. My, uh, I feel that um, uh, it started off with a bit of a stench, but it's one of those stench that's matured over 20-odd years. Yeah, yeah. And now it kind of smells a little bit sweet. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. True, <laughs> true. It, it doesn't doesn't stink quite as bad. No, the comedy of, um, you know, some of these ideas and some of the scenes just it makes it just pure entertainment. It's hilarious. It's got a bit of, you know, ball-tearing action. It's pretty much what we wanted. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what we were expecting. Look, it's also cheesy. But I think when, when you talk about cheese, you're usually saying that, oh, this movie's really cheesy and it was kind of bad. But in this case, the cheese works in its favour. You can't possibly have made a movie like this without thinking we're not taking ourselves too seriously or whatever. No, see, I disagree. You disagree? You think there's some seriousness here? I feel the cheese is purely unintentional, but it works. I mean, you cannot tell me Van Damme's not trying. He's really (laughs) trying with his acting. Van Damme's trying. And he's taking it seriously. I don't care what you say. 
The, I don't think there was too many people involved in the film that, Actually, that knew that it was that, that cheesy. You're correct. Van Damme is pouring his heart into the role. There's a bit where he cries that is pure hilarity. <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's ugly crying. There's another scene where he's supposed to be angry near, yeah. down the stretch and he's giving you everything he's got. Well, remember 10 seconds in, you know. Uh, they show a bit of the fight with his brother in the, in, you know, in the world championship bout and he punches or kicks someone or whatever and like quick cut to Van Damme and medium medium sort of close up. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, and you can't put that on. <laughs> he's, he's really having a go and it just comes off as... And if my recollection is correct, Jared, the kick, and I'm not a martial artist, but... The kick that he, he actually goes wow about is bog standard. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to it. Cut yeah. right, just a, just a it's sort just of, you a simple know, kick. just it's a not standard a, sort of front kick. It's not like he's doing some flying knee or elbow or something <laughs> fancy. He just kind of turns around and kicks the bloke and he's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's out of nowhere, but it, 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 it does showcase, yeah, that, yes, there is a hell of a lot of cheese on show. It's dripping from the screen. Mm. Dripping. So, uh... The martial arts skills, what, what are your thoughts there? You've got it in the likes category? Look, I actually think Van Damme always looks good um, when it comes to the kicking and the punching and all that kind of stuff. He's a very um, he's very good cinematically, I guess, in that perspective. I initially thought Dennis Dick was not, <laughs> was not much of a martial artist. Remember I kicked off with, I remember when I last saw this and Van Damme was far better than the other bloke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had to reassess that because yes. he was pretty good. You could you can actually tell he's very good, and he was legit. He's yeah. a fighter, you know. He was legit, and you can tell he's that from those. He's not, <laughs> he's not an actor's bum. Once again, apologies, Dennis, but <laughs> seriously, he all he could do is go, yeah, yeah and give up. us a thumbs up. <laughs> that's, that's that is the bulk of his work. Mm. But yeah, as far as the fights go, yes, choreography I thought was okay. It's not blazingly awesome, but I thought a couple of the fights were quite well done in that respect. Yeah, it was passable. Van Damme himself, uh, I know there's been a bit of sort of debate over the years about his cred as a martial artist. You know, a lot of people like to say that he was a dancer that got taught to throw a few kicks and things like that. I believe that. some of that did get cle- cleared up, though, because they did suss out some um, some actual fight footage. Yeah, but as I said, there, there, there has been debate about it. Um, Bullshito, another Bullshito <laughs> yeah, uh, graduate. He's a black belt in Bullshito. <laughs> yeah. um, but he, uh, regardless of what you think of whether he's a legit fighter or not, he can produce on screen and he looks pretty good on screen. Even some of those bits where he's just training, you know, he's displaying some pretty impressive sort of athletic yes. ability. Um, and whether you like uh, him or not or think he's a fighter, his work translates pretty well on screen. And and look, he he it's obvious he was not hired for his acting skills. No. He's not hired for his acting skills at all. And this Are you was sure he of, didn't walk into an audition and the you know the casting agents didn't just go, Wow, and he started <laughs> producing his work there? Or? Yeah, I don't think so. I no. don't think so somehow. But look, this was Canon films. They were yeah. they were all about what can we maximize? What, what's what's currently popular? Mm. And I'm sure back in 89, martial arts flicks were probably fairly popular. And and it's no surprise that someone like Chuck Norris was in their stable because he was another guy and, who couldn't really act, but he could look, fight. It's no surprise that it, the things got a little bit 
confused. You know, they had to chuck in a bit of action and love story and that. Um, having seen a, seen a couple of those docos about the Go Go Brothers, yeah. and that, they didn't seem to didn't seem to have a keen eye for what was connecting with the audience and what wasn't. So yeah. that's part of the reason I think a lot of the cheese is unintentional. Put it this way. Their films didn't usually connect with the audience like a Van Damme spin kick to the face. No, no. Um, the other thing about them is, again, we come back to po- the potpourri. That's basically what it was. It, it, it's, a, it's a group of guys sitting around thinking, oh, well, what else can we chuck in there? You, they had two directors. It smells of one guy perhaps bringing this part to the table and this guy doing something else, you know. Why do you need two directors in, in a film like this, which is basically just a star vehicle for Van Damme kicking people's ass? Hmm. So it, 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 from that perspective, you can see that, you know, Van Damme was being chosen for the skill sets that he had. And that was whether that be a, a gymnast who can do a little bit of martial arts or a legitimate fighter, they do work when you see them on screen. And it's the same can be said for um, his brother in the film. What else have we got? Any other likes? Anything that grab, grappled us? Well, I believe uh, this is another one that we disagree slightly on, but you felt the final fight was pretty well done. <laughs> Reassessing now? <laughs> yeah. Look, it wasn't too bad. Yes, it had its faults. One of them was Van Damme constantly going, <laughs> He hits somebody, he just lays out this primal scream and everything's in slow motion and that really, that fight, I think it, if you sped it up, probably goes for about five minutes, but yeah. in slow motion it goes for about 15. Look, my thoughts are the old-fashioned way, you know, the, the broken glass on the gloves and stuff, <laughs> that's just good, clean, stupid fun. <laughs> I, I didn't mind that sort of stuff. But then when you get to the fight, my big problem is Tong Po has spent 85 minutes of the movie not getting a hand laid on him, and that continues for a couple of rounds of the fight, and then all of a sudden, oh, we've, uh, we've, uh, we've found your brother, we've, we've got him back. He, uh, you know, there's no ransom. You can just sort of unshackle and go to town, Van Dam. and all of a sudden Tong Po's just a punching bag. He can't actually stop anything. He can't lay a punch on. Didn't like that. <laughs> now, now, hang like on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to come out and say, listen, he turns his back on Tong Po, right? He asks the, the missus to cut the things off. And Tong Po comes up behind him and he swings around and d- gives him a kick to the face. Now, that surprised him. That put Tong Po out of his game, put him off his game. Yeah. That's what I think they were going for, admittedly as clubsy. I think the, <laughs> I think the writers put Tong Po off his game there. Um, <laughs> but up until then, like... I didn't mind the, the Tong Po, like he was just a, a machine. We'll go into that a little bit later, but I didn't mind that. You know, I didn't I didn't want a, a well-crafted character from my... You didn't my want an Apollo life. Creed? No, no, <laughs> I, I, I was happy with the, the Drago machine type, I don't talk, I just kick walls down and things like that. That worked for me. But then when all of a sudden you go from untouchable and unbeatable to, oh, jeez, how do you punch again? Yeah. Uh, you know, like... Well, I, I put work. my hands up here to protect myself. Yeah. <laughs> what? And yes, Tong Po does become rocky. He, the old shaking and just not putting your hands together to protect yourself. But in my mind, I sort of felt the final fight was okay. The the the, the actual uh, the sort of action itself was pretty good. But yeah, we just went from <laughs> one bloke punching the hell out of the other one 
to a quick flip of the switch and the things just turned around completely. The other one beat the hell out of the previously the aggressor. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I thought it wasn't too bad. I actually didn't mind some of the um, the way it was edited either. It's just that, that that fall back on slow motion to try and capture everything actually undersells it because they show one. So, for instance, they show one where Van Damme jumps in the air and gives him a sort of a front kick in the chest and they show it in slow motion first and then the next shot is from a slightly different angle but it's in fast motion and it looks really good in fast mm. motion. It looks terrible in slow motion because everything's sort of slowed down. It almost feels like it's not... It's been done to protect Van Damme's skill set. You know, it's, um, yeah, well, we look, don't want to show that he can't do it. I think we talked about this. I think the writers were just tapped. They said, look, we've got nothing else. You've seen what we can produce and it's not very good. <laughs> we've got nothing. And they said, we've only got 75 minutes of, of movie here. Quick, we better just chuck in. Any action we got, just, just slow-mo it. Just pat put it a out. bunch of slow-mo in there to pat it out. Get us another 15 minutes. The credits, the credits would also have been in slow motion, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's another extra five. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Now, this is something that we've we've discussed about in other films that once again creeps into the, the likes category, fashion. Mm. This movie has incredible fashion. Yeah. It really does. It is a, It is on the cusp of... Leaving the eighties, going into the nineties, which, like Stone Cold, was kind of like a no man's land in fashion. Yeah, speaking of <laughs> it was a no man's speaking land. of potpourri's of poop, <laughs> the, the, the fashion. Van Damme kicks the movie off in denim jeans, cowboy boots, jeans I believe are pulled up to belly button height, mm. and a denim vest. You didn't sort of go for that at all. Has anyone ever worn that <laughs> anywhere? <laughs> Certainly uh, not today. At least no. they weren't acid wash. That it's, was one. It certainly wouldn't wouldn't sort of fly on the catwalks of Paris <laughs> at the moment. Oh, no, it probably will be back in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be all coming around. We've got that. We've got the brother has curly, kind of greasy, moulay type of look. Yeah, look, he was on. He was on Soul Glow. <laughs> He used Soul Glow, no question. <laughs> but yet he's got a ball piece balding at the same time. Well, if you're using sort of chemical that heavily <laughs> in your hair, that sort of tends to happen. But and I think that's what happened. <laughs> he stuck with it though. He stuck with the Soul Glow oh, through the you know the God. loss of the hair. It's just ridiculous. But it is again. It comes back to this time capsule kind of feel about it that. It's in a no man's land period between the end of the 1980s and the start of the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Well, this is one of the elements I mentioned that makes it pure entertainment. I mean, someone can walk on screen and you're pretty much just slapping the knee laughing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's Whether one it's of the, their hair, their clothes, the way they deliver some dialogue. Uh, it's one of the things that I think watching it now makes the movie better than it would have watching it then because yeah. you're looking back at it going, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> There's also when someone walks on screen, sometimes they have the really bad dubbing going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just chock full of, of great things to like about this movie. What about the dislikes, though, Jared? The dislikes? Well, I mean. It's probably just as many dislikes there's, there's as there is likes. There's just as many, but again, some of these play into it being, being entertaining. <laughs> Number one, the plot is very thin. That kind of makes it funny in parts. I but, think almost yeah, non-existent. It's almost non-existent. They just came up with the, the generic sort of your brother gets in a bit of strife, you're the revenge, um, you get your sort of 
mystic mentor <laughs> to carry you through the journey. Karate Kid, Rocky style. I think that's as far as the script went. And then, they, like you said, they picked a couple of bits and pieces. Oh, we've got to have a comic relief friend. Yeah. Uh, but he also, also happens uh, to be a weapons used expert. Used to be a nam, you know. Bit of a love story, um, things like that. Uh, but overall, you're not there for the story. No. And they knew that. They put minimal effort into it. <laughs> probably didn't pay anyone. Probably just asked someone, can you whip us up a script to your yeah, spare look, it, Again, it would have been one of those things where they've got half a dozen scripts that sort of centre around certain action elements and they decide that they'll pull pieces out of each, you know. I mean, how many times have you read that that happens in movies where they use something from a previous movie or um, a movie that never got made and they, they take a little piece of that and a bit of this. And yeah, the yeah, Canon I mean, Films guys were just awful for that. Concept. Yeah, I know, but that would involve actually taking something that was written and I'm not sure that actually happened Do you think it was movie. more um, written on a bar coaster somewhere? Yeah. We'll just do this thing. I think they freestyle. <laughs> it was some sort of competition yeah. where they – maybe that's why they had two directors. They said, you, here's a camera for you, here's one for you. Off you go. Just go out and shoot something. Van Dam, you're at the – Beck and call of either of these guys <laughs> yeah. because he's on screen for the most part. Yeah, it certainly wasn't a strong point of the movie. No, no. Um, um, most of the fights are from the classic uh, school, line up. Of, school of henchmen that were taught, you go first, <laughs> and once you get beaten, I'll jump in and have a crack. Um, <laughs> there's one scene that is dead set laughable. There's two guys standing behind each other. Yeah. Now... Like, you know, we understand that some of that is logistics around trying to shoot fight scenes and make them look good and stuff. But there's ways around it. There's ways of getting, you know, two blokes to attack him at once and make it look good. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and this was well before the days of today where they can actually, they shoot those sequences where they've got guys coming in, in droves and the, the camera works so fluid and the, 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 the actual film is sped up slightly and all that. The days of today. Sounds like a, a canon picture. Well, it's, a, it's the days of today. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, like those things weren't happening back then. They, they were just doing the old line up and get your head kicked in because that's what Chuck Norris used to do in his 80s pictures and, yeah. and, and I think Bruce uh, Lee used to do. And I his. think that's why a lot of people sort of uh, got into the, the Eastern – Martial arts movies because they were far better at that. You know, yeah, if you watch some of the Jackie Chan and the early Jet Li sort of stuff. I think they're far better. You know, Jackie Chan he just sets up a whole sort of set piece where blokes are running at him from everywhere yeah. and flipping tables over and jumping over things and stuff. And that again could come down to actual fighting skills. It could because uh, Chan, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, some of those guys could they could potentially do what they did. I'm not saying Van Damme couldn't. But as you said, there were question marks on whether that yeah. was what his capabilities were. I just were. think the, there's probably probably a little bit to do with cut rate choreography and, and you know. The, two different the, directors telling him to do two And the things. conventions at the time, people just sort of copy everything else. So Canon just would have seen something somebody else did and, and yeah, just line them up, knock them down. Yeah. Hey, hey, it works in some movies. Probably, probably stood out a little bit in this one. It was okay in that first fight scene he has where um, the guys are coming along, the strong arm thugs are coming along to take money from the lady's stall, and he, he it's only two of them, and he kind of tags the both of them pretty fast. That's fine to have that kind of line up there. It's different when you've, say, in a bar having a fight, and there's <laughs> 20 guys, and they're all just waiting silently for one guy to get his head kicked in, and then, uh, right, it's like take a number. They've yeah, come yeah. in, they've got their number, and they're just waiting in line to get belted. Mm. 
and that kind of just it just takes a little bit out of the the, the filmmaking. I just guess. a little bit. Tong Po, you mentioned that you didn't mind the Tong Po as a mindless idiot. Yeah, the way we've described it, and um, and it's pretty plain to see. I mean, I read some reviews after we'd watched it that that picked up on exactly the same things. It had that sort of rocky element, and Tong Po was just a cut-rate Ivan Drago. Yeah, he was a Thai Ivan Drago. Yeah, and that works for me. That's I'm fine with that. Again, we're watching a movie called Kickboxer. <laughs> I'm not expecting my bad guy to be delivering sort of monologues and, and things like that. Having uh, feelings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this one's probably takes it a little bit over into further into the ridiculous sort of element, but... I didn't mind it. Tong Po does do a lot of dastardly kind of stuff. Like the, you know, he's the villain who doesn't say a lot, but he certainly dishes out plenty of showing that he is the bad guy. Yeah. And as, as we pointed out, when they first see him, he's in the dressing rooms laying the slipper into the concrete, concrete pylon. pylon that's holding the room up. I mean, hey. that's the... He's low-bearing. I was all for that. <laughs> I didn't mind that. I thought when I saw this, that's what I mean when I'm taking it. You know, Ivan Drago's knocking boxing bags <laughs> apart. Tong Po's kicking a wall down. I don't care. I like that. Do it. You know, well, do that. Look, but, what I love too is Van Damme comes running back to see his brother and, you know, after because he went out to get some ice. But he comes back to his brother and says, this Tong Po character, he's booting down the, the pylon and the in the dressing room, you know, you can't fight him. And the, the brother just shakes it off as if, oh, no, no, no. everyone does that. <laughs> yeah. Fight fights. Didn't, did not say anything. You didn't happen he to see the... He didn't even bat no eyelid. But he didn't, you know, he's not saying you didn't happen to see the back door on, the, on your way down the hallway, <laughs> did you? Because we might, we can still slip out of here. Yeah, I mean, my No, first... no, I'm happy to fight a bloke who kicks down walls for, for warm-ups, yeah. you know. My first thought is, shit, let's pack your stuff quietly and let's get out of here. Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, but not only does Tong Po do that, he um, breaks backs. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically cheats at his fight. He yeah. throws people to the ground and pushes the ref out of the way. Yeah, you know, that, that kind of, of bullshit that they go on with. I believe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, he rapes Van Dam's girlfriend? Yeah, I think that's what was insinuated. Um, I didn't I didn't sort of catch that. I, or I did catch it, but I it's wasn't It's insinuated. I don't sure. know whether it's fully... Realised. Look, I'm not. I'm not for this. Probably on the that cutting room floor. For me, <laughs> that sort of crap has no place in these types of movies. Yeah. It's it's pure entertainment. Just leave that. And sort the of simple shit fact is that becomes the last act. Kind of one more reason to for Van Damme to fire up. You know. Yeah, and we didn't need it. Yeah, because Tom Poe was already a villain. We already yeah, knew that. We didn't already, have to have rape involved. We'd already got legend. there. Um, my feelings on that sort of stuff. I don't like it in any of these sort of movies. I think it's a sort of despicable act. And I don't watch movies to sort of make Absolutely. make entertainment out of that. No, and to me, it was it was just a poorly sort of used plot device that wasn't needed. Um, but anyway, that's just my sort of moral stance. Uh, but yeah, that sort of stuff we could have done without. He, he was fine as he was, just a sort of killing machine, sort of puppet of the uh, the what we thought was the sort of criminal syndicate, but. Again, that was poorly written. We didn't the really try it. Well, they didn't really they? sort of. Who they didn't were... really build that sort of stuff up. And so. that stuff only sort of pops up 
we're 40 minutes in or something before those guys pop up, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, and, and Tong Po was, prior to that, that's all he needed to be. He was a killing machine who just, he broke your brother's back and now you've got your revenge, you've got your motive. We're there. To know? me, there's too many offshoots. It's like an octopus, this movie, right? Yeah. Here's the plot, which should be Dennis Dick and Van Damme come over to fight Taiwan, the Thai champion, right? Tong Po. Po beats Dick's head in, breaks his back. Van Damme, incensed by all this, vows to get back at Tong Po, and he goes to a, a you know mystic fight guy up in the hills to train. Mm. That's your plot. Well, I mean, that's it. it probably would have worked just as well for me if he had done something like it. would have worked better for me if Tong Po had have done something like killed the master before the fight. Solid. That's know, it, that's... That would have worked. My feeling about something scripts. like that would have been better. Oh, well, I'm not in the canon pitcher's mindset. I know, it's just take it easy, mate. But, yeah, that would have been all you needed. If you needed Van Damme at his lowest ebb, you know, he's he's peaked, he's ready to go. This guy's this guy's got him, you know, to his absolute the top of, of what he can achieve. So he thinks. Then he rocks back up to the village after he's had a date with the girl or whatever. And the and Tong Po's killed the master or something. That this is the simplicity that we would have worked in this movie. But like you said, they try for these little subplots. That just <laughs> this is confusing. the simplicity that a movie called Kickboxer should have. <laughs> Not this rambling crap about crime syndicates and yeah. the like. Can it I just, just can I just put forward the the bit that sort of confused me? <laughs> Which bit? With the crime, well, yeah, I'm just picking one. <laughs> The crime syndicate, right? We've got these two guys that from the outset are, are sort of hovering around when Tong Po's there and you get the feeling that, I mean, I got the feeling from the start that these were underground fights, even though the first one looked pretty well sort of organised in that. It yeah. seems like they're sort of underground fights. Yeah. Um, and these guys are cashing in on them. Yes. And Tong Po's, they're sort of, you know. There's some betting involved. Yeah, yeah. Then when they've decided to... You know, they teed up the fight between Van Damme and Tong Po. The crime syndicate fellas, the two hovering guys, they approach this guy. Okay, he looks like he's in a lavish setting. He's laying on a couch next to a beautiful woman, if I recall. <laughs> so I get, immediately I get, oh, Kingpin. This is the yeah, Kingpin yeah, of the syndicate. The this is the big guy. These guys say, we want to bet a million dollars on Tong Po. Okay, so this guy is the kingpin. He's making decisions about a million dollars. Now, hang on a second, but, though, just, just to interrupt, sorry. You're putting a million on Tong Po? He was the dollar five favourite. Yeah, yeah. You're not getting banged okay. for your buck on that. Not getting your bang <laughs> no. for your buck. But that's why you have the kingpin make the decision on this, yeah, okay? okay? So the kingpin <laughs> makes the call. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm a little bit confused. So this bloke is the kingpin of the crime syndicate that's involved in the fighting, but he's not making cash off the fights or something? So the two shady <laughs> characters then take their suitcase full of cash into what appears to be the uh, the fortress of a crime syndicate <laughs> to place a bet. So, okay, here's another silly subplot that could have been solved by, hey, we're the crime syndicate. We're making the cash yeah. off all the bets. We're and running. Yeah. We're running the underground. We're making all gate takings as well. We're- just clear, <laughs> just clear it up, you know, in the script. Just clear that up. Wait, look, it's as you said before. No one was reading the script. No, no one cared. They were just sitting there on napkins and yeah, post-it yeah. notes, going, "This sounds good." Oh, God. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Van Damme's brother. The guy was a moron. Yes. Absolute moron. That's putting it tame. He kicks off. We're we're three minutes into the movie. He's just dispatched some local knucklehead. He's Mm. the champ, I believe. He comes out of the ring and all this press rushes up to him. Yep. During the discussion, one of the press guys goes, what about Thailand? And the brother's first response is, what about it? (laughs) (laughs) He's never heard of Thailand. (laughs) The guy goes, gives a quick history lesson and says, oh, I believe um, in Thailand they they created um, Muay Thai kickboxing and, um, you know, they're They're the best at it. Yeah, the best at it. Oh, really? He says. Oh, well, uh, book us a flight. (laughs) Obviously these guys are press people slash travel agents because next thing you know, we're in Thailand. Again, (laughs) where's the writer just sort of bringing up the script and saying, look, can I just have a, a bloke standing next to him, some peripheral character? His manager? We'll, we'll put him in a suit and sunnies so we know he's <laughs> like a manager or something like that who could possibly say, yeah, yeah, we know about Thailand. Our next fight's there. Yeah. Or something like that. The fighting no, Tong Po, the champ over there. But no. Bingo. That's, that, yeah, how long that took? That took 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, we're, we're criticising this, but this is one of the elements that makes it so damn funny. <laughs> His brother is just a, a goose, you know, and uh, he goes, oh, Thailand, quick, book us a flight. <laughs> then can we just briefly touch on the filmmaker's view of Thailand? <laughs> According to the blokes that made this film, or the 60 seconds they introduced, <laughs> um, introduced us to Thailand, we start off, the, the fellas are on a boat, and we think, oh, okay, so we've got some natural beauty here. Mm-hmm. Then we've got um, just... Uh, speaking of line them up and knock them down, it's just scene after scene of, of strip clubs and, and um, brothels. <laughs> so obviously these guys, look, I don't know, I haven't been to Thailand. Probably I, could I, be I, like I this. reckon they sent one of their second unit guys. He was a bit of a loose cannon and they sent him there and he just decided the best thing to get footage of, brothels. Okay. Prostitutes. And, and the reason we bring this up is because going back to the brother being an idiot... <laughs> Please, elaborate. He, it would seem, and, and look, we've taken this from the, the minimal amount of footage that was there, that every woman that they walk past is a prostitute. It would seem. It would seem. It's, I'm not saying it was the case, but it's the way it's shot. Now, when you're picking up, when you're deciding to hire a prostitute, you're using a wad of cash to lure her. Okay, she wants cash. Cash is her He's talking currency. from experience there? Or? Not from experience, <laughs> from basic Classic sort of, you know. Look, it's basic economy. It's basic, it's basic economy, <laughs> economics. Um, you have a service, I have cash. Sexual economics, Joe. <laughs> That's it. Not in the world of Eric Sloan. No, knucklehead Sloan <laughs> seems to find the only prostitute who accepts flowers <laughs> for sex. Now, how do I know he was after sex? Because after picking this lady up, now admittedly he could have been sort of showing her the nice flowers, he comes back to the hotel, she's off his arm. So I'm thinking, okay, she's a, she's a prostitute, mate. <laughs> he then turns to Van Damme and gives him the, oh, she wants to make it with the champ. Yeah. I, she I doesn't mean, know you're the champ, mate. Uh, <laughs> he uh, knows nothing about you. As you said, it, it could have, you know, it's pretty clear she's just a, a girl on the street. And he's wooing her. Yeah. But the way that they've shot this thing yeah. makes it look like a brothel, yeah. brothel, brothel, brothel. Oh, woo! Oh, here's a girl <laughs> on the corner. She's sitting on a on a park bench. 
waiting for cars to drive by, we get over <laughs> yeah, the issue. Yeah, yeah. He what rocks up with his bouquet of flowers. Next thing you know, they're back at the yeah. hotel and he's going, she wants to make it with the champ. Oh, Put all those pieces together and what have you got? Yeah. <laughs> you so, got um, a sexual transaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, look, if I was a cop, he's going down for oh. solicitation. <laughs> but definitely, we'll, we shall move on. Okay. Eric continued to have brain explosions left and right. My favourite, my <laughs> personal favourite, um, he's seemingly in the dark about about Van Damme's fight with Tong Po. So he finds out by, again, we've organised an underground shady fight, <laughs> but there's a, there's a thing in the paper advertising it. <laughs> but the funniest element for me is here's a bloke who didn't know <laughs> didn't know uh, that kickboxing was from Thailand or that they had kickboxers in Thailand. So we're assuming he's he a sheltered man. <laughs> we're, we're assuming he doesn't speak the language. No, he's reading a Thai newspaper. What's yeah. he doing? <laughs> You've got me. I don't Is know. He, I don't know. I can only assume. Was he, was he looking at the pictures? I can only assume he was flicking to the comics pages and <laughs> you know, oh. You know, Marmaduke, you've done it again or, or something. Garfield. Oh, you got me. I don't know, but, um, yeah, he stumbles across that whilst reading the Thai paper. Yeah. He throws it down in disgust, I believe. <sighs> I think that might be because he's probably thought in his mind, fuck, I can't read this. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last one that really stuck out for us, probably not necessarily his stupidity, but no. everyone's stupidity. We're, we're, <laughs> we're taking points off everyone for this one. Directors, actors, writers, um, the works. So he gets discharged. And now, hang on, what what sort of time frame are we talking? Oh, we don't worry about that sort of stuff. It's a broken back. <laughs> I I like to think it was just a miracle recovery. Six, six to twelve months. Six, Fair dad would yeah. have already fought Togpo. Yeah, yeah. Gone home months ago. Um, <clears throat> I think. Um, uh, you know, when you get discharged from hospital, the first thing you do do is get a lift back to, to the village where your brother's staying um, in a van that we can only assume is not equipped to <laughs> handle a wheelchair. Well, you anyway, saw that thing. They've thrown him in the back and he's slipping and sliding around on the way back to the, the village. But when they get to the village, that's where he takes up <laughs> takes up residence for a little while. We didn't see them install bamboo ramps no, and things into their huts no, that they're no. living in because they are living in huts. This is not just us making some sort of he's casually racist the, observation. He's not rocking up to the Marriott or something, is he? No, no. He is. They are living in huts. This they is are. as I said. We're not just being racist and making no. <laughs> the filmmakers are being racist and assuming everyone lives in huts. And of course, that place is nothing but rocks and dirt. Mm. And the guy, you can tell, is absolutely struggling to get up those hills. Yeah. But, yeah, obviously. Maybe that wasn't Dennis's. That, that wasn't that's Eric's not his, problem. That's not his fault. That was but a it all filmmaking feeds issue, which, uh, you know, along with several others, probably yeah, made him a little bit stupid. It's, uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous. He's just getting around these huts. Getting around these yeah. huts and getting where he needs to go in his wheelchair. Now, obviously, he, he wasn't able to get involved in Van Damme's, um, Training? No, no. And that's another point of contention here. Mm. His coach, Zan Chow, he's not accredited. You were fuming. You oh, I was to, fuming. You wanted to see his um, certificate three in, <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in Muay Thai, Thai martial arts instruction. <laughs> Coaching. Um, Mate, you've got to do a Cert 3, then a Cert 4. I and think if he, I'm not mistaken, Cert 3s don't involve um, 
kicking down bamboo trees and and getting fire sticks well, no, and having them go over the top that's of That's because it. you only got to cert two. Yeah, so obviously, the cert two sort of coaching. I need to go up, up a skill. little. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the coaching methods, um, oh. they, for me, fall into the category of entertainment <laughs> value. My personal favourite is you're not running fast enough. <laughs> I'm going to tie a, a, a rump stake to your leg. Oh, my God. And release the hounds. Oh. And then, of course... <laughs> <laughs> when they show him running a bit faster because the dog's chasing him, you pointed out it looks like a Benny Hill sketch. It doesn't actually look like he's running much faster. I think they, they might just have just sped the, the footage up. And it's, you can just hear the... Conventional training would suggest you want to build your flexibility. You know, you sort of... You'd stretch and you do all that sort of business. But Zan Chow, in the school of Chow... We will just rip your hamstring off the bone <laughs> by attaching you to a rope and pulley system and yanking <laughs> yanking your legs apart. <laughs> He's just there going, yeah, the whole time. I mean, the guy was probably in pain, legitimately in pain. It's It lacks coaching nuance for me. He's not getting the best out of his, his protege. I do like the fact the way he's introduced, though. Yes. Where well, he leaps into the air, <laughs> delivers three kicks, I think. There was, look, I think there was at least kicks and punches. There was four to five. Four to five. It was a combo. While he's in the air. Now, think about the gravity. Think about gravity. Here, there's no way he could have been up there. But not only is he, do, well, he couldn't have been up there, but this is this is what you're missing. He's There's some sort of magic. That's but, why we, he kept hearing too Van Damme when he was out at that shrine or yeah, whatever. He kept hearing look, the birds and the... The best part for me was not only was he able to hang in the air like Michael Jordan, <laughs> but every one of the punches was a centimetre from Van Damme's face yeah. and kicks. Self-control. What self-control? What body control? <laughs> Obviously, he'd... Do you think he picked up those techniques because they'd been used on him or had he been reading a manual? I thought he was a natural talent. I just thought <laughs> he just had natural He just sort of assessed, the, assessed each um, student on their merits yeah, and decided yeah, exactly. that Van Dam's best option with Van Dam was to try and rip his legs off and um, send dog after his ass. There was also a bit of the tried and true underwater punching and, yeah. and kicking. Look, I, I believe that's a fair one because resistance training. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Admittedly, the posing and, you know, the bicep curls and all this kind of <laughs> random stuff in there as well <laughs> seems slightly out of place. Uh, but your personal favourite, and you've mentioned it already, oh, yeah. kick you a tree down. Bamboo trees. Now, bamboo's pretty tough, if I'm not mistaken. Bamboo's I haven't, tough. I, I haven't kicked any over mm. in my life. But the sequence is that Van Damme's supposed to be kicking this tree down, right? Okay. So this is sort of bringing back the Tong Po. It, it would make me believe that Tong Po trained in a similar manner. Yeah. Back yeah. in his day. Yep. Van Damme's laying the slipper into this bamboo tree and it's not going anywhere. Two kicks, I believe. And he Daddy, his he, he's, he's shin's all red. It looks like it's his shin's about to splinter and break. But again... At the school of Chow, <laughs> we have no time for medicine and and you know um, preservation of your body. Come on, you fight. pussy! <laughs> All he says is something like, "What about your brother?" Yeah, <laughs> down goes the tree. <laughs> he kicks Bad the- damn, just he sees red. He's like a bull. 
And next thing you know, he's hoofing this tree <laughs> like it's going out of fashion. He's kicking everything. And it goes down. And then when he's when it's done, I believe he realises his leg <laughs> his legs shit. He tries to stand on his leg and it uh, gives way under his weight and he's off to hospital for <laughs> intensive rehabilitation on his fractured leg. <laughs> the, um, the, the Tog Poe fight, as the Thai paper would have told um, his brother, has been postponed for several months while Van Dam oh. recovers. Now, I'm sorry, I, I, uh, I mentioned that that was your favourite. Mm. It wasn't. Both of us... Had a clear cut favourite. The the other ones that I mentioned were our second favourites, respectively, of the training techniques. This is going to segue into the best scene in this oh, movie. It couldn't be your favourite training technique. Could not be any anyone <laughs> other than this one for the scene as a whole. I'll let you. He turns up. Yeah. The guy's been busting his balls for what I assume is a few months, training up and doing all this random shit that nobody would ever do. Mm. But it's. It's um, test time. It's assessment time <laughs> at the School of Tau. It's assessment time. Listen, if you want your black belt in bullshit, <laughs> this is what you got to do. So what he does is he takes him to a bar. Now, it's a sleazy bar. He gets him full of piss, and then I believe he tells the local flunkies that Van Damme hit on one of their Girlfriends or sisters, sisters or, or and I take or issue with sleazy bar because it's Thailand, which we know is just full of brothels. <laughs> so it was probably a that one. That one's the up up market. <laughs> um, these clowns proceed to decide to take Van Dam on, and and mm. it would seem that Chow's looking at the skills whilst Van Dam's drunk to see if he can handle Tong Po. Mm. Lets him know he's ready. Yeah. Now, segueing into. This scene, Jared. Let's set the scene fashion-wise first with Van Damme. Mm. So he's, he enters the establishment. Enters the establishment. He's dressed in cowboy boots, mm. chinos, china freshly pet, freshly, freshly pressed. I believe they're pressed with the the front, yeah, down the centre. So the it's got the down seam. It's the, the only middle. way, you know, freshly pressed chinos. He's up they're, they're, to up to his, uh, as we said, you know, if it's a, if it's a. If he's got a six-pack, it's he's covering four. four of them. Yeah. So it's high up. It's high up. Now, underneath that, he's got like a leotard. It's a tight singlet. But it's got braces type of things on it. It's like hooks or Look, something on the front. If you've got the goods, you You're show it off. It. You show it off. Now, what happens? He's pissed. Well, <laughs> Van Dance. <laughs> what, what else can you say? It, this is <laughs> this scene is worth the price of admission. It is one of the greatest <laughs> scenes. Get on YouTube. <laughs> one of the greatest <laughs> scenes in any movie. Uh, firstly, for Van Damme's acting, I mean, I've never seen a bloke so convincingly portray <laughs> a drunk. He, he, he certainly, he certainly went back method. Yeah, yeah, method on that. I think he was. Yeah, I think he actually was drunk. It's so convincing, but the <laughs> dancing. Oh, it's it's a sight to behold. <laughs> I mean, he's sort of there's hip swaying, there's clapping, there's sort of you know little beckoning to the ladies. Oh yeah. Oh. And what? my favorite, my personal favorite, is the little. He sort of breaks it down and then he said, "Oh no, I'm too hot." You know, he just sort of puts his hands out. Oh, ah, it's too hot for you. 
He's too hard for himself. He's too yeah, hard. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I love too? Just prior to he starts dancing, the um, Zan Chow says to him, do you like music? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And he goes, disco? Now, I'm not sure if he means disco dancing or disco music. Or disco tech. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, either way, he's a decade late. Yeah, it's 89, not 79. <laughs> he goes, no worries. So he goes over to the jukebox, whacks in a song, and up comes like some sort of soul James Brown. Well, it's a clear-cut rip-off of James Brown. I think we, t- we dubbed it James Green. So, like, it's it's... It's as close as you can get to being James Brown without being James Brown. <laughs> it's like those when you'd go to the markets, um, the Trash and Treasure on a Saturday, and you'd find Norky shirts and <laughs> yeah, a Nike yeah. shirt. Or you'd go to the toy stand and find uh, Robert Cop and things like that. <laughs> Robert Cop, yeah. So Van Damme's up. He's dancing. As you said. Yeah. Too hot. Too hot. Too hot for that. He then, Jean-Claude Van Damme is a dance innovator. He's starts. <laughs> <laughs> He is the first person to ever twerk. You're putting it on record. Yeah, because you're crediting the man. I am crediting Miley Cyrus. Get out of here, Van Dam. Drops it like it's hot (laughs) in the splits. It comes up out of the splits and gives us this rub shaking type of thing. It looks like he's he's having some sort of. He hits the floor. He's baiting the hook. He gets back up and it's time to jiggle the lure. And he just he shakes it. Oh. It's funny because when you're watching that whole sequence, you're not looking at the girls. No. They have got no interest in him. No, I think look, if you actually looked at it closely. This is the scene that keeps on giving. Uh, we've watched it about five times since and it's, it's still funny every single time. Then... Oh. Not only has he, I mean, he's cutting the moves, but the fight. Once the fight starts, <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned to you, I thought the dancing was like, you know, it was the rising action. We'd peak and then we drop, but no. Yeah, he goes get, up a level again. We get, we get the, uh, the greatest sort of, what do we call it? The double split kick? Oh, he does, yeah. He does the in double. history. Mind you, the guy's. Off his face. Off his face. He's supposed to be at the point where, you know, the average person like you and me couldn't speak. Mate, I'd be on my knees having a yak somewhere. <laughs> Mate, I wouldn't be doing double, yeah. double split kicks. But the only time two blokes approach him at once <laughs> is he has the sort of, uh, he's still got his wits about him enough <laughs> to sort of stagger back to the jukebox. Double split kick, whack. <laughs> a Makes slip of the face blokes. for both of them. Then lands, and the best part of it is he lands, then he remembers he's drunk <laughs> and goes, ooh, oh, and sort of staggers away. Uh, as I said, the scene that keeps on giving. One you of know what I love about that too? The two guys come out at the exact spot for his feet, <laughs> exactly where his feet are going to come up. Yeah, yeah. So they are perfectly positioned, just ready to get kicked in the face. And after oh. watching the scene... We can only assume HD, high distinction from, from oh, uh, no, the yeah. school of Chow. Oh. Chow is basically he's putting him on um, recruiting posters. I can only think Chow watched <laughs> the dancing and thought, wow, and didn't even need to see the fight. <laughs> he just, that was it. That's it. You're you ready. passed. You passed. You are ready. Oh, just that is, do yourself a favour. 
get all on all. YouTube and get that up. All in all, check out Kickboxer. If you haven't seen it for a few <laughs> years, just watch it again because it's, it's pure fun. Turn your brain off, though. It's not a movie for thinking about. Yeah, look, we nitpicked a bit in the dislikes. We probably did, yeah. It was all. It was all what made it so fun, you know. The the, the uh, ridiculous notions of a bloke who doesn't know about anything about Thailand reading Thai <laughs> in the paper, and you know all those sort of things just made the movie so fun. Absolutely. Well, that's us done for Kickboxer. I'm um, I'm uh, certainly uh, all kickboxed out. Um, well, we'll, I'll be going to watch that dance scene again. Oh, of course, minutes. we'll be back. We're we'll back on the YouTube checking that out. But we'll have a take a quick break, and we'll come back to finalise the episode. As we said at the start, we're not going to be doing a uh, a discussion topic this week, keeping it sort of out this week because we wanted to really forensically examine Kickboxer as a film. It deserved the time. And I had great fun watching Kickboxer and talking about it. I yep. think it's it was ripe to be covered and it was a real diamond in the rough, somewhat, <laughs> some would say, because I certainly wasn't looking for it and, um, to be covered. Next week, hopefully Darren will be on board. We've contacted him. We've set him up. Horror film, his choice. Surprise for all. Mm. And as we said, this is uh, part of the intention of the podcast was to get people that we know to and, and share the sort of passion for films with to um, come in and, and share a bit themselves. Yeah, that's right. But until then, take it easy. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.